Hello, Hello. Feminine. No, 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 not yet. Can we not call you Feminine? No, no, no. Please don't. In my humility, please don't. Okay. Well, hello, guys. Welcome to my second podcast. Today we have Mr. Richard Hines with us. Uh, Richard Hines, would you like to tell us about yourself? And before we even start, can you begin with a prayer? Would sure. you like to lead us? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we ask you to just be with us right now. Let what you want to be said and shared be said and shared. Whatever you want us to take from this and whatever you want the listeners to take from this, let it be taken. Let your spirit guide every word that, that will be said and everything that should be said. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So once again, uh, thank you, Richard Irons. Uh, guys, Richard is one of my good friends. He's more like a brother. And uh, Richard, can you introduce yourself to us? Tell us about yourself. Well, uh, where are you from? What are mm-hmm. you doing now? You know, mm-hmm. let, let, you know, let the public know who you okay. are. Well, I'm Richard Hines. I'm Jamaican. I'm from Jamaica. I'm still in Jamaica. What I'm currently doing, I'm a novice for a religious community here, the Mustard Seed Communities. And I'm just a very fun, sporadic sort of person. That's who Richard is, briefly. And how old are you, Richard? I am 22 years old. I'll be 23 later on this year. 23 in November. In November. Ah, we're still friends. (laughs) (laughs) In November. So Richard is studying for the Mustard Seed Communities. Uh Uh-huh. What is that community? I mean, mean, we have viewers who are basically, they're they're going to be listening and viewing from from different parts, from uh, New Orleans, from Texas. And I mean, for those who are in, for example, in Atlanta or North Carolina, they do have a sense of the mustard seed communities. Uh-huh. But what is, and you know, what, you know, what's the work of the, the, the community of mustard seed? Well, mustard seed communities, and I'll speak to the Jamaicans first, because I'm sure they're Jamaicans as well. Widely, it is known here in Jamaica as a business. So mustard seed, it's one of a very unique sort of a Catholic organization or Catholic religious community. It has a business side as well as the religious side. So Master Seed is a, is a business caring for the most vulnerable. We seek to care for the most vulnerable, the rejected members of society who, you know, who have been abandoned, who have been marginalized because of their state in life, states with they, which they didn't choose for themselves. So we do a lot of charity work. We have several established communities in Jamaica and across the world in about seven or eight countries. And we care for people with Down syndrome, people with physical and mental disabilities. And it goes wider than that. Even some of the employees, because as I said before, it's a business. So even some of the employees are some of those very people that we care for. We provide homes. We provide meals three times per day for those people. So again, people with mental and physical disabilities. That's what we do. And I'm in the religious arm of the, 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 the company, the community. So I'm studying to be a priest for the Mustard Seed Communities. I'm just a novice. It's my first year in it, though I've been volunteering for a long while with them, like unofficially. But no, I made it a bit more official by joining the religious arm. So Mustard Seed also seeks to bring Christ to people 
the people we care for, our staff, and everyone we come in contact with. So there's also that Catholic side of the business of mustard seed. That's what mustard seed is, I think. So you mentioned that the mustard seed community, uh, they can be found in different countries. Yes, they Uh, can. Can you name at least two, three? Okay, so they're in Nicaragua, they're in the Dominican Republic, and they're also in Malawi and Zimbabwe. I know you said two or three, I gave you four. Just to show my knowledge. <laughs> so we're in we're in some of the most I don't want to like knock anyone, but we're in some of the most desolate parts of the world. We're we're biggest or we're yeah, biggest in, in Jamaica because as we know, Jamaica is a very slow third world developing country. So it is very needed and welcomed here. We're also in Malawi and Zimbabwe. Those are also I mean, they're a bit more established as countries, but they're also very desolate and needy. So we mm. seek to go places where we feel that we can offer the care that's needed. And you, um, I mean, you said that mustard seed don't only cater to um, the disadvantage, but mm-hmm. also hires them. They're also employees of the company. Precisely. So we don't only allow people to, like, you know, you have regular children's homes. So that's what kind of sets us apart from those. We do operate regular, um, quote unquote, children's homes or children's home. But we also employ marginalized people. So if you come, especially to the office in Jamaica, the offices in Jamaica, which I'm more acquainted with, some of the employees are actually residents, as we call them. They live with us. But you also employ them and give them that sense of freedom, they that sense too. of exactly sense of decency. They're making their own money, so they live and work with us. Praise God. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Richard, um, just uh, a look back, uh, history writer. So, uh-huh. guys, um, I, I, I mean, myself and Richard have been friends for years. I mean, uh, we grew up in the Cathedral Parish in Kingston, Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And we were both auto servers, and Richard told me my superior. Want... <laughs> well, but basically, um, Richard became an auto server. I was already a senior auto server. Um, went in retreats, vocation retreats, and um, you know, so I I knew from the very beginning that Richard wanted to 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 be a, to become a priest. And I mean, we both share um, that similar sentiment in terms of the love for the church, commitment um, for the people of God, you know, and despite our, um, our own different ideas and views and opinions of, of things, uh-huh. we both have that desire in terms of in serving the church serving, and giving yeah. ourselves fully, you know. So Richard, how is it so far? How long have you been in the formation program? And... Uh, was it, you know, what's it like being a Jamaican? Um, well, I should say being to, a minority in my yes, own country. In your own country, I, I mean, mo- most of the brothers were um, thinking about becoming a priest or studying for Mozarty community. They are mostly from Africa, from the continent mm-hmm. of Africa. So what? What kind of hit hard for me? And uh, it's very, it's so very what, I mean, but what was what was the the, the the cause of your vocation? I mean, who really get up in their mind? You know, let me speak English. Who, you know, basically in Jamaica, a young in man in the twenty first century, century yeah. in Jamaica, you know, is very fluent in his in, in his in his English language and you yeah, know, a yeah. very good person. You know, why would you want to 
become a priest in an anti-Catholic society? Well, to be very blatant, I, I don't even think it's something I want again, and this is this may bring backlash. But the hand of God and the voice of God, I mean, you recognize God. Well, for me, I recognize God even in the trees. So where it started, and it started very healthy, it started when I started the cathedral, like when I had sense, because I was going to the cathedral from when I was very young. But when I resumed going to the cathedral at, at about age eight, nine, I saw the, the priest and I said, you know, I want to look like that man. I want to lead. I want to bring God. I want to bring God's people to him. I want to show them the way. So, yo, but it started as just wanting to dress up as a priest. As I'm sure you remember, we usually have our yeah. own masses and usually <laughs> put on the priest chasm, like all of them. So, so the it wine. started there. It started very weird just to want to look different and act different. I never knew the intricacies that were involved with like the formation process and actually living out the life. But that's where it started. Just wanting to look and be different. Being an altar. So I finally became an altar server. That, that's a story. You remember that, Roger? Uh, yeah. One day we were short on servers and you just called me. I wasn't even trained or anything. And I just started <laughs> serving from there. So, and I think that developed into a greater understanding and a greater love. So the more I understood, the more I loved it. Yo, I'm like, whoa, these people actually live a full life. It's not like them come here Sunday mornings and act like they're holy. Mm. They live the full life. They take it on. It's mm. no longer Richard, but it's Father Richard. It's no longer Roger. It's Father Roger. You mm. are in persona Christi, as the, as the church tells you. So the love and the understanding became deeper. And that's what sparked it. I just started asking questions, going on retreats, joining the Aspirants program. And that's where it kind of flew off, mm. I think. But you come from a very different form of family. Meaning, because mm-hmm. I, I, I knew, well... I'm, it's like, kind of the same family. Yeah. Both I mean, are grandmas. Yeah, because your, your grandma, she, she was Catholic. Very mm-hmm. active in the parish, in the mm-hmm. church, and she'll be there. But mm-hmm. the rest of your family is basically non-Protestant. And exactly, yeah. You know, so how were you able to pass that message? Let them know that you know, I want to be Catholic, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want I'm Catholic and I want to be a priest. And what was their reaction in terms of you saying yes to the church, to the yes priest. to your vocation? Yeah. Well, again, I, I'm so sorry to be using this. It's it has to be, or it had to have been God. It has to be providential. When my grandma died, they wanted me to stop going to the cathedral because I lived in a different parish. You remember, mm-hmm. I lived in Portmore, St. Catherine, and the parish we were attending while my grandma was alive was in Kingston, the cathedral in Jamaica. Which is about in Kingston. thirty minutes away. It's about 30 minutes, yeah, yeah, by drive. And remember, I took the bus, so it's about an hour. An hour yeah. I, I didn't come from a, 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 a middle class. When I was poor. Mm-hmm. But, like, so I took the bus. And when my grandma died, they, they, they wanted to stop me. But members of the cathedral said, no, don't let him stop. Don't let him stop. Make him come to church same way. And I continued as a 10-year-old, taking the bus to church, taking the bus from one parish to the next just to go to church because I had developed friendships. I had developed different sort of relationships. So I wanted to continue. And my family, quite providentially, allowed that. I did that. But when it got deeper now, like they supported me going to church. But when I remember, and this is going to be a bit raw, but when I told my brother, I, I mean, my aunts kind of figured because I was an altar server and I'm saying, mm-hmm. oh, you're part Father Ken, whatever. They knew what mm-hmm. I wanted. And Father so Ken I didn't really... is the, 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 the current the Archbishop of no. Kingston. 
Mm-hmm. So, so they knew we had a relationship and he was like my father. He got me into George's and all those stuff. So he was already like that father figure. So I think the more mature people in my family had expected me to make that choice. But when I told my brother, I remember, I said to him, yo, bro, you know, I want to, I'm really thinking about this and I think I want to take this step. I want to be a priest. And he's like a Catholic priest. And I said, yeah, I'm Catholic. So, duh, I want to be a Catholic priest. <laughs> and he goes, like, I don't want a priest and I'm a family. I don't want that, you know, a priest to tell the kids. Can you I'm like, no, I, mean, I, want I don't want any priests in my family. Yeah. He doesn't want anyone in his family to be a Catholic priest because Catholic priests have a reputation and they have a bad reputation and he doesn't want that in his family. Mm-hmm. And at that time, my brother, even still now, surprisingly, mm-hmm. he still supports me. He gives me money. He gives Aww. me, like, he takes care of me. He was like my dad. He's still like my dad because my dad was never in my life. So that coming from him really hit hard, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's still not supportive of it. I don't think he knows that I'm really taking it seriously. He just think it was a, a, a comment from me or whatever. Or one of those, you know, Episodes. mood swings or whatever. <laughs> Episodes. Yeah. So, yes. but that was his reaction and that really hit hard. But like for the rest of my family, they've been really supportive, though they don't ask questions. And I have this one cousin, Joshua. Like he's re- he even came here to spend some time with me. And that meant a lot. He wanted to see, okay, Richard is really taking this serious. Let me see how it is, you know. Let me see what he's up to. And he came in and lived the full experience. And he now supports me fully. Mm-hmm. He has always, but no, I can say fully because he came and saw mm-hmm. and why I'm doing this. So come that, and that's see, weird. come and see. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So that was it. My family's supportive, but not supportive. Okay. And how many, how many brothers are there? I mean, because you guys live together. And I suppose that you guys, have, if you live together, you share meals together and pray together and all this stuff. So how many That's brothers it. are there? We have, well, six brothers technically, but five who are in formation. We have a very old brother, Brother Anthony. So he's not in formation. <laughs> he's a permanent brother. <laughs> he's a permanent brother. And he's still in formation. <laughs> he's not in formation. He just lives with <laughs> <laughs> he just lives with us. But we have five brothers in formation. And uh, there's one from Nigeria. There's one, there, there are three rather from Zimbabwe. And I'm currently the only Jamaican. So yes, I'm a minority in my own country. We do share meals together. We pray together. We do everything together. We work in the apostolate together. And we live and work at the same place. So our formation house is located at Jacob's Ladder in one of the apostolates here in Jamaica. Mm. So, uh, so what would you say to the typical, um, well, 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 let's not just talk about Jamaica, but what would you say mm. to a young man um, who is contemplating the desire um, for priesthood, but he's afraid because he's afraid of being branded as being an homosexual or branded as being somebody who's running away from life or you, you, you know the different yeah. opinions out there what 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 would you say to him or even the idea of marriage you, you know when you become a priest you actually give up the idea of marriage and family and having your yeah. own money so what do you mm-hmm. say to somebody having your own you know? well i'll start from this um maybe this is too um dense to start with but i'll start here because this is where the spirit is leading me first of all you have to differentiate what the world is saying as opposed to what god is trying to say to you 
and my words are very particular here. Um, what the world says seems very clear, but sometimes what God is saying to us seems like he's only trying to tell us something, you know? Mm-hmm. We need to differentiate that. No, it's the world that should be trying to say something to you, but God, who is saying something to you, you know? Mm-hmm. So differentiate that. Find that balance. Find that common ground that, yo, is the world trying to tell me to do this, you know? But this is what God is actually saying to me and actually saying what he wants for me to live out. And just go with it. Once you differentiate that, once you can identify that this is God and you want to live for God and not for what the world says you should live for, once you find that common ground, trust me, it should hold you fast. Though it's very challenging, I won't. And you used to tell me the, a lot, this a lot, Roger, that community is hard. And trust me, I'm finding that out. But again, once you've found that common ground with with what the world is trying to say to you and what God is saying to you, mm-hmm. you should hold fast. Yeah. So that's all. Just find God's voice in what the world is trying to say to you. Decipher what God is saying to you, not what the world is. Mm. The so, world is passing. Okay. Um. So we're in the period of Lent. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people Um. in my earlier um podcast i spoke about the idea of ash wednesday and repentance and yeah a lot of people now having fears here in america in florida we have two cases two confirmed cases or two confirmed cases of the coronavirus what's Mm -hmm. it like now i know we're big strain from the 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 topic but what's the the feeling um in jamaica um there's no um no reports of the coronavirus in Jamaica, but of course there are rumors. What the, the the sentiments and how can we link that to to the whole um, Lenten journey? So the corona, the fears, and the Lenten journey. I, I catch you on that one. <laughs> yes, I'm hearing you. Okay, I was receiving a call. I just put my mm-hmm. phone on don't disturb real quick. Um, what I can say, and I just want to start as not as a Catholic first. Firstly, I mean, well, no, let me let me take it as a Catholic. Um, as a very archaic Catholic, embrace the struggles. Again, the world is throwing something at us. What our faith should be stronger than whatever the world is throwing at us. You know, and if ever it should come to Jamaica, and I'm just saying this in in a moment of bliss, if ever it should come to Jamaica, mm-hmm. and I should be the one um, diagnosed with it, or anyone who is diagnosed with it, for that matter. Once you've been diagnosed with it, just it's it's a perfect period to offer it up as joyful suffering you know as the church teaches us it's a perfect period to offer it up as joyful suffering look at what christ did for us dying from the coronavirus and i don't want to sound like a martyr i want to be martyr Mm -hmm. but dying from the coronavirus is is nothing compared to the gruesome death um i'm I'm a man Uh, yes he was divine in nature but at that moment his divinity must have had you know struggles Mm -hmm. because yes i'm divine but 
I'm asked not to save myself. I have to go through this human phase of life. I have to die. So if he himself, who is divine, go, went through that gruesome death, I mean, who am I to say, to curse God or to say, mm. why may I have coroner? Or not just embrace it. Mm. Just embrace it joyfully. Yeah. So that's what I have and, to say. Yeah. And, and thank you for that deep um, theology. And I think that's what makes us as Catholics different from our Protestant brothers and sisters. That we are able, mm. especially in this period of Lent, see the whatever uh, upset diseases or our own sicknesses as a part of the mm-hmm. suffering of Christ. Rather than it's very yeah, hard. It, it, it's, it's very difficult, of course. But yeah. Rather than seeing it as a, a punishment or gloom and doom and gloom and you know, but see it mm-hmm. as you know, I am partaking in the mystery, the death, mm-hmm. and the life, the death and resurrection of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's very hard, but I mean, we're not called to anything easy, especially us who are desiring clergymen and, and especially us Catholics. We are Christians for that matter. We are. We are called to be the light of the world. So being the light of the world is nothing easy, nothing easy, nothing easy. So whenever you're thinking about any struggles, start use that as a starting point. Mm. Use that as a starting point. We're not called to anything easy. Yes, yes, that's so true. And before we go, um, would you like to share um, or invite any of our listeners to Jamaica to want to see you or to get to know you via Facebook, Most definitely. Or Instagram, or wherever? Most definitely. I'm a chatter. Roger, you cannot taste this. Um, <laughs> I'm going to end this podcast like every other millennial. Follow me on Instagram. It's R-H-I-I-N-E-S. That's R Hines. My name is Richard Hines. R-H-I-I-N-E-S. And Facebook, it's Richard Hines. Um, come to Mustard Seed. Please visit. We need all the support that we can get. And As I said, we're not caught. And donations. So, Jesus, Roger, we're, we're putting it subtly. Support, <laughs> not donations. Donation Mental, physical. kindness of words. Yeah, but kindness of words, especially personally, I need it. Even now, <laughs> believe me, just shoot me a message. Talk to me when you listen to this podcast. Let's dive into something deeper. I, I, yeah, just talk to me. Yes, yes. And, and visit us as well. See the great work that we do and, and join in if you can. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Richard Ines. Richard Ines is a novice of the Mustard Seed Communities. And he's located in Jamaica, working in Jamaica. And he's from Jamaica. So thank you guys. And I do hope that you enjoy um, this podcast. Please feel free to shoot a message as our brother said. Send a message and we'll respond. And thank you. May God bless you. And the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Brother Richard. Thank you for having right. me.